0: Hello, everyone. My name is Marty Udall, and thank you for joining in on our podcast. You know, this is going to be an opportunity for us to discuss some deeper things from our Sunday's lessons, and as well, maybe go into some other series that will be completely different from Sunday as we move through the winter months. I don't know about you, but this morning I got up and I could feel a little chill in that air, and I'm hoping the snow stays away for some time yet. But, anyways, I digress. Thanks for being with us tonight. And as my grandfather told me when I wanted to learn how to swim, sometimes you just got to jump on in. So that's what we're going to do. You know, on Sunday, we started a series entitled God's Story Through Fresh Eyes. And the actual lesson on Sunday was entitled Allow Me to Reintroduce Myself. And I wanted to use it as an opportunity for us to consider looking at Genesis chapter one, maybe from a different perspective than the way we've been taught, or at least from our Western ideology of trying to break down everything and how does it fit here? And is this true or is that true? Is there 24 hours in a day? Is a thousand years the same as it? All that stuff that we get caught up in. And I think we lose sight of the very simple picture that God is painting in Genesis chapter one. And you know, as we look at this, I want us to step back to sort of a 30,000 foot level to look at the incredible forest that God has painted. And you know, as I just shared, as a rapper, Jay Z said, Allow me to reintroduce myself. And I believe that's what God was trying to do or is trying to do in the book of Genesis. And let me explain why. I believe. The author of Genesis, uh, many conservative scholars believe is Moses. And I think to understand better what is being written in Genesis, we need to go back and maybe understand Moses a little better. You know, you think of the whole time of the Exodus and the development of Israel as slaves in Egypt and all the indoctrination that would have went on in their life. I think sometimes we take the wrong perspective in understanding where they may have been at. And in fact, if you do have a Bible, if you turn with me over to Exodus chapter 2, I think you'll see here that I might be right in what I perceive. So in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23, it says, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. You know, if you do a search in the scriptures, of every time God's people cry out, the vast majority of the time, it says that they cried out to the Lord. They cried out to God. But in this situation, because of the oppression they were under, the Bible simply says that they cried out. And fortunately, there was a God in heaven who had made a promise to their ancestors who heard their cry. I believe the Israelites were not crying out to Adonai, El Shaddai, the God of the scriptures. I think they were just crying out to anything that would listen to them. And I believe that's where we begin to see this story unfold in the book of Exodus. Moses becomes the champion that God wants to use. And I want to talk about three seasons of Moses' education in his life. You know, if we start off in Acts chapter 7 and I shared this on the Sunday passage or Sunday service, but in Acts 7:22, Luke the author says this about Moses. He was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action you know Moses would have been educated through the Egyptian education system he would have been part of Pharaoh's royal household and therefore would have been allowed the best of education in Egypt he would have learned how to interpret and write hieroglyphics which is the sacred writings of Egypt. He would have learned the Akkadian cuneiform, which is another written language communicating with other uh, countries around them. And he would have learned from the greatest minds that there would have been in Egypt. Again, because he was part of the royal household. And all of this would have impressed upon him the Egyptian way of life. You know, one of the things that becomes interesting again, if you know your Bibles, is over in First Kings chapter four. How much wisdom did Egypt have? They were known throughout the known world, because King Solomon, who was one of the wisest, if not the wisest kings of Israel, here's what would be said about him in First Kings chapter four, verse thirty. It says, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Think about that. Solomon was considered the wisest man of his time, and his wisdom surpassed that of Egypt. Why do I bring this up? Because I believe this is the first season of Moses' education. If you understand the biblical story, he was born a Hebrew, put in a basket in the Nile, raised by the the daughter of Pharaoh as her own. And so he would have had the best of everything. He would have been raised to understand the Egyptian culture. He would have been raised to understand their religion. In fact, some believe that he would have become a priest because the priest would have had access to all the written documents in the temples for their education and their learning. And he also would have learned something incredibly valuable, Egypt's leadership style. You know, as I was reading through some different articles, one of the things here that it said is that in Egypt, their goal was to train and instruct the next generation. And so that would have been Moses. So he would have learned all about the Egyptian gods. He would have learned about their history. In in many ways, he would have been Egyptian. The second season of Moses' education, I believe is when he flees from Egypt to the land of Midian. You know, and we hear this story, or you can read about it in Exodus chapter two, but he, after encountering an Egyptian slave driver uh, being harsh with Hebrews, he takes it upon himself to actually kill the Egyptian, bury his body in the sand. But then when it becomes known that he did that, he fled Egypt. He ran away from Pharaoh, and he ran to the land of Midian. And while there, He is invited into the home of the priest of Midian and ends up marrying one of his daughters. Why does this become important? Moses would have spent the next 40 years, the first 40 years of his life under the Egyptian education. Now he would spend the next 40 years under the priest of Midian's education. And he would have learned about a different culture. He would have learned a different religion and he would have learned a different leadership style. And again, I'm layering that in because I think it becomes very important as we move forward in the story. Well, why would it be important for him? And why would he learn a different culture, religion, leadership style? Because Midian was far different than Egypt. And in fact, I believe it's through the priest of Midian that Moses would have began to understand about the one true God. Because Midian would have been a nationality, a a country, a group of people born from a person literally named Midian. And if you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 25. In verse 1 and 2, it says, Abraham had taken another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, and Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. In other words, the priest of Midian's religious background goes all the way back to Abraham, the father of Israel, or the patriarch of Israel. And so even though I believe the Midian religion had strayed far from the one God, and you can Google, search that out yourself, but he would have learned about one God. And as we continue through this, Moses would have spent 40 years learning how to be a shepherd, learning how to lead a flock of sheep, learning how to use his voice in directing them. And it would have been so different from what he had learned in the leadership style in Egypt, where you use strength and you use force and you use might. And then comes to the third season of his education. And I believe this is kind of funny to me, because you think of being a shepherd out in in the area of Midia, and all of a sudden, you see this bush, and it's on fire, yet it's not being consumed. And it gets your attention. I would get my attention. And you walk over there, and you're thinking, "What in is going on here? And all of a sudden, you hear a voice come out of that bush. That would freak me out. And it says, take your sandals off, dude. This is holy ground. And then God begins to talk to Moses. And he begins to tell him that he's heard his people's cry. And he begins to share with Moses, I need you to go back and reintroduce me to my people. How am I going to reintroduce you to your people? And God simply gives him this task. You're gonna go back and I'm gonna use you to dismantle the Egyptian gods. Said, my people know that I am the Lord. I am the El Shaddai. You know, if you think through Moses' life, then what is his intent in writing Genesis? His intent is to write this to the Israelites who have now escaped Egypt and help reintroduce them to God Almighty, not the physical creation of the planet but to help them understand the qualities of their God. And Genesis 1 shows an audience that God, the creator, is a good God. He is not angry with us. He's not out to get us. He's not holding back. And that his people need to understand the value of rest. And they also need to know that their God values them because he created them. You know, as we wrap up this first podcast, maybe we need to learn some lessons as well. Maybe we need to learn the lesson to create a space in our life for God to fill. We fill our lives with so many other things. We fill it with work. We fill it with the the pursuit of materialism and finances and money we, we fill our life with relationships and, and the pursuit of whatever our hobbies might be. But do you ever think about creating a space that is just for God, so that God can come in and really give you rest? You know, my wife has recently posted this, it's become one of our sayings, one of our anthems in our family. We need to focus on invest, in rest. We live in a world that runs way too quickly and demands way too much of us all the time. I appreciate so much a couple weeks back when Carlton shared about through the pandemic, he's really learned the importance of spending time with the things that are really important to us. You know, we need to have We need to do an excellent job in whatever our work is. If you go to school, do an excellent job. Put your time, but make sure that you are spending time with the things that are really important. And I think one of the biggest ones is spending time with God, creating a space. And in that space, remembering this very important thing. That in God's eyes, we are very good. That we are, as the Hebrew language says, tov. Mayode, I pray you have a blessed week.